We're in Galatians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse 9. Here's what it says. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Galatians 6, 9. We're just doing one verse today. That's it. Listen, by a show of hands, how many of you have ever ran, walked, or biked a marathon or a 5K? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. A, a, a uh, hot dog eating contest? Maybe is that more appropriate? Uh, uh, well, a couple of us have. Uh, back around 2013 or so, Liquid Church, a phenomenal church in New Jersey, uh, they did a 5K to help build water wells uh, for some needy places in, uh, in Africa specifically, clean water wells in Africa. And they had this 5K in Jersey. And I really wanted to participate. And it was cool because they said, hey, you know, you guys can formulate teams. And they said people in their life groups could run together, family units, whatever. You could form a team and then you give a donation to run in the 5K and it helped raise funds to build these water wells. I wanted to do it. So I said, you know what? Team Brooklyn is going to represent in, in, uh, in Jersey at this 5K. And it was a, um, a superhero themed 5K. So we were Team Brooklyn. I think I got a picture of this <laughs> here. This is uh, actual footage, uh, circa 2013, uh, when we took this picture. We said, we're Team Brooklyn, and Team Brooklyn is coming to Jersey. All right? Uh, what cracks me up is my mom holding the broom, and it's so dirty, the broom in the picture. Uh, I don't know if you can make it out, but it's so funny. Uh, so anyway, Team Brooklyn, we're going to dominate. Look at Junior, how little he was there as well. So uh, unfortunately, something came up, and I wasn't able to go. Uh, it was, I think, I, I have to imagine it had to be on a Saturday, and I worked Saturdays. But my kids were able to participate in the 5K along with my mom and my sister. They drove to Jersey, and they participated. And thousands of people walked, jogged, ran, or biked. It, it didn't really matter for this particular 5K. In order to raise money to help build water wells uh, throughout needy parts of the continent of Africa. Now, if, you, if you've ever ran a marathon, if you've ever participated in a marathon, you know that it can be tiresome, right? It, it's difficult. If it wasn't, then uh, maybe we'd all be a little bit more motivated to do it, right? But it's hard work. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. In fact, I, I made a phone call to a pastor friend of mine, and he was out of breath when I called him. And I, I said, hey, is this a bad time? He's like, no, it's, I'm fine, Danny. We're just, I'm out here running with my son. We're, we're getting ready for a Spartan race, he said. Go ahead and talk. He was just, <laughs> he was all out of breath talking to me on the phone uh, because he was training. It's hard work to train and to prepare uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the 5K or whatever. And, and it's just as tiring and difficult on the day of the event as you experience exhaustion uh, of the physical activity that you're participating in. Have you ever felt about that way about your faith? Have you ever felt that way about our Christian walk? Like it's a marathon. And you're tired. You're running on fumes. As we continue through our series, you know, No Space Between Us, and working our way through Galatians chapter 6, Paul is going to hint at this fact. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, that the Christian trek can be tiresome. The Christian trek can be tiresome. Look at verse 9 once again. Look at the first few words. It says, let us not get what? Say that word out loud. Get tired of doing good. 
for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Let us not get tired. Another version of the Bible, maybe your version that you're reading today, says let us not grow weary of doing good. And the fact that Paul is mentioning this means that there must have been some tired Christians in the region of Galatia. You see, as Christians, we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. What that means is that we're not justified or granted salvation because of anything that we do, but instead, out of an overflow of gratitude for the goodness of God demonstrated to us, we bless, we serve, we live generously, and we do good unto others. And the Christian's walk is like a marathon. It's a journey. And not simply because of the physical exhaustion, but even other things that Jesus taught us to do that can be exhausting. You guys tell me, is this exhausting? Jesus said, love your enemies. Is that difficult to do for anybody? Is that exhausting? Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Jesus said, to pray for those who mistreat you. And everybody's favorite verse. He said, if someone smacks you on one side of your face, what do you do? Turn the other cheek. And you know, it's so funny, as I was preparing this message, I had to like pry, op- pry back my eyelids. Like, you know, like the cartoons, you used to put like clothespins to like keep my eyelids open because of how tired I was. I was exhausted. You see, we had just finished serving at the Bethany House food pantry, and it was amazing. It was, it was a lot of fun. We got to serve a bunch of people, but it's hard work. Picking up the cans, it's heavy. Bringing them up the stairs, setting up the tables, it's exhausting work. And doing good is hard work, especially when you begin to think to yourself, what I'm doing, does it even matter? I mean, what I'm doing, is it actually even making a difference? Does anyone even care? Is what I'm doing making any sort of difference at all in anybody's life? Which means that the weariness of doing good is not just physical exhaustion, but it also often includes discouragement. We get discouraged maybe from a lack of responsiveness or a lack of contribution. I know one of the things that gets me discouraged often is a lack of participation. Why aren't people understanding? Why aren't they responding to the mission of God? And we get discouraged from a lack of results or a lack of fruit from the good work that the Lord has called us to. But in that weariness and in that tired, uh, tiredness, Paul says, let us not get tired of doing good. In other words, he's saying, listen, I, I know that it's hard. I know that it's difficult. I'm exhausted too, Paul is saying. But he says, don't stop. Keep going. Don't end what you've started. You're not finished yet. Keep going. The work that God has called you to is too great and far too important to end it now. 
And this is where some of you are right now. You're tired. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, is this Christian walk even worth it? It's so challenging. It would be easier to live my life without a care in the world like the rest of the world. But Paul would say, let us not get tired of doing good because ultimately, number two in your notes, in God's timing, we will see results. Galatians 6, 9, one again says, 6, 9, once again says, let us not get tired of doing good for we will reap at what? Say that out loud. At the proper time if we don't give up. If you remember, Paul introduced to us the idea of sowing and reaping. You guys remember that? We spoke about it last week, which is an analogy uh, borrowed from farming, which would have made complete sense in an agricultural society, the, the agricultural society that Paul was living in. A farmer has to work hard in order to reap a harvest, especially a farmer during Paul's time before bulldozers and cranes and, and tractor trailers. A farmer has to prepare the soil. He has to dig up the appropriate space for the seed to be planted. The farmer is on his hands and his knees, breaking his back in order to sow the seed into the ground. And then after all of that, the farmer's job isn't over because now he needs to tend to the newly planted seed. He needs to carry heavy pails of water in order to feed his plants. He needs to fight the foxes and the, the critters, the animals that want to come and destroy the growing plants. But then the, finally the harvest comes. But guess what? The job still isn't over. Because the farmer has to pluck the fruit or uproot what he has planted in order to truly enjoy the harvest. And this happens in the analogy of the farmer over a long period of time. And this is the example that Paul uses to talk to us about living our Christian faith. He says, we will reap at the proper time. Another version of scripture says, in due season. And this means that this is in God's timing, that in God's timing, our perseverance will lead to results. In God's timing, we will see the Lord's blessings. We will experience God's gift, but it's not in our timing. It's in God's timetable. Not only will the results take place, well, not only will the results not take place when you want, but they will also not take place how you want. And part of the frustration that we experience with this idea of not growing tired of doing good is trusting God's timing and God's results with the harvest. That's what's frustrating because we want to see the harvest now. And not only do we want to see it now, we want it done our way. We want results immediately. We want to see the fruits of our labor right now. I want to share the gospel with my neighbor and I want to see them profess Jesus, get baptized and go on a mission trip to Afghanistan tomorrow. Right? We want to bag some groceries for somebody and invite them to or invite them to an event and then see them plugged in 
the following Sunday serving and tithing and giving and, and being plugged into the church immediately. We want to see the results right away. And it just doesn't work that way. Our job is faithfulness to God's mission and call. And God's job is to do what only He can do. Bring about the harvest. And the language that Paul uses here is intended to help us develop an eternal perspective. Meaning that ultimately our rewards will be satisfied on the other side of, of, of heaven and eternity in the, in the presence of God when we spend all eternity with God in heaven one day. We'll be able to experience you know, the, our rewards for all the work that we've done. But it is equally true that by God's grace, we also experience the fruit of our labor and the rewards and God's blessings on this side of heaven as well. So we work diligently and we work fervently because we know that in due season, we will reap a harvest. But there is a prerequisite that's attached to this. There's an if. There's an if, and that's actually number three. If we don't give up. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if, say these next four words out loud with me. Ready, go. If we don't give up. Paul is encouraging the church right here to not give up. And God's message for us this evening is to not give up. Paul is saying, I know that the walk is difficult. I know that you get tired, but the blessing is coming. And God's grace will be evident if you don't give up. Are you on the cusp of giving up. And maybe that doesn't mean, you know, that you're abandoning the faith or leaving Jesus, but maybe giving up for you means you're just not even putting an effort anymore. You're not doing the necessary things in order to grow in your walk with Christ. You're not seeking out the community that God has called you to live within. And you're not fulfilling the works that God has prepared in advance for you to do, and you're not sharing the gospel with others. If that's you, let me give you some encouragement as I echo the words of Paul. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because God's work in you is not done yet. God is doing a work in us day by day by day. And His sanctifying work in us is a process that He will bring about to completion. That's what God's Word says. And though perhaps you feel lonely, He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. Though you feel tired, He says to come to Him because His burden is light and He will give you rest. And though you feel worried, He says to cast all your cares upon Him, because He cares for you. Don't give up, because your calling is too great. God has uniquely gifted you and called you. He has equipped you with gifts. He has equipped you with talents and, and abilities to be used for His glory and for the good of others. The God of the universe knows your name. 
And he knows the number of hairs on your head. And he knit you together in your mother's womb. And he handpicked you and ordained you to be a son or a daughter of the Most High King. Don't give up. Because our God is too awesome. He is so awesome that he would look at a wretch like me and he'd look at a wretch like you and he would say, I love you. And I love you so much that I cannot stand to leave you in a place where you are distant and heading towards destruction. Then out of that great love for you and me, he would step off of his throne in heaven and enter into our into, into his own creation to take the wrath of God upon himself so that in his death our sin would be nailed upon the cross and buried in the grave. And on the third day he rose conquering Satan's sin and death and in his resurrected life he grants us his resurrection power so that we can go from death to life. And because of that sacrifice, we can be forgiven and we can be children of God. But then, not only does he do all that, then he invites us into his mission to seek and save the lost, to be bearers of good news, to share the hope that we have experienced with those who are still distanced in their relationship with God. And he invites us into the mission of bringing the kingdom of God on earth to bring a slice of heaven to the darkness that we see around us by clothing the naked, by feeding the hungry, by caring for the widow, the orphan, by meeting the needs of those around us as the Lord provides. So don't give up because God's not done with you. He's still doing a good work in and through you and your calling is too great and God's plans and purposes for your life are too great and our God is too awesome. And to whom much is given, much is required. So don't give up. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. They're going to lead us in one final song. And as they do, I'm going to invite you right there where you are to pray and to consider, are you tired? Are you tired today? Lay your burdens at the foot of the cross. Do not grow weary in doing good. Are you tired of waiting? Remember that God doesn't work on your timeline and He's promised a reward and a harvest, perhaps this side of heaven or maybe in eternity. Are you on the brink of giving up? Don't give up because your calling is too great and your God too awesome to give up now. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for demonstrating your goodness to us. Lord, I pray that we might be able to demonstrate that goodness to others. 
God, forgive us for growing impatient, wanting to see results in our time and in our way. God, we trust you for the harvest. We'll do what you've called us to, and we're going to trust you with the outcome. And thank you for the reminder that our calling is too great. So God, I pray you would help us to remain strong. Help us fight the good fight. And help us to not give up because there's still much to do. God, all over this room, there are so many things that are perhaps distracting or placing obstacles in our way that are keeping us from fulfilling what you've called us to do. So God, I just pray that all the other voices, all the other influences would fade away and that it would just be us and you. And that by the power of your spirit, we would reject the notion of giving up because the calling you've placed on our lives is far too great, God. The need is far too great and the gospel message all the greater. So we pray, God, you would empower us and help us, God, that we may not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We pray that into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.